Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now. Now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and hey, Meve, plus you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. date me um it's a podcast where me and nicole buyer tries to figure out how i'm still single even though you could come in my new you could come in my mouth stick a crown <laughs> on my tooth and tell me that's how you cemented it down <laughs> my guest oh, today fuck. i'm i'm completely <laughs> appalled and i'm i'm ready Raja, I'm disgusting. The voice you're hearing is a fabulous drag queen, makeup artist, model. Raja was the head makeup artist on America's Next Top Model and the winner of season three of RuPaul's Drag Race. It's beep Raja. Yay. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, babe. I'm doing really, really great. Um, life is treating me very well. Um... I'm at the right place that I'm supposed to be at in my life. All of the things that I've manifested are coming to fruition. So everything's fucking good. Like what? I'm just so happy to talk to you, first of all. Oh, I'm happy. I'm so excited to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, by the time this airs, um, the world will have already known that I am one of the eight cast members of RuPaul's Drag Race Winners All-Stars. Yes, 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 which is so... <laughs> fucking exciting <laughs> um my makeup artist jen works on drag race okay is the makeup artist there jen uh i can't remember her last name for gozo yeah 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 i don't yeah, know if i, I say jen. that right i know jen but um jen was like this is 
everything. She was like, this season is so incredible. <laughs> like the, the looks, the challenge. She was like, this is it. I'm excited. Girl, I am anxious to the point of having like, you know, <laughs> night terrors. Um, it's been 11 years since I've done something like this on TV. And I'm not one of the girls who got to, you know, be on All Stars. I won it the first time. Mm-hmm. And then and then people left me alone for 11 years. And, and I got to do whatever I wanted. And so now all of a sudden I found myself in a place of competing again. And I was like, I don't even know how to fucking do this. Like, what? You want me to do what? No, I don't, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. And uh, <laughs> no. That is so funny to think about because, yeah, it's been a minute. And mm-hmm. it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, I've literally done whatever the fuck I want. And now someone's like, you have 10 minutes to do this thing that maybe you don't really want to do. And you're like, fuck, okay. <laughs> Exactly. And you know, there's a big, there's a big, uh, change that happens, uh, between ages 36, which is what I was at that time. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I'm 47 going on 48. So there's, there's a huge, huge, huge switch and evolution that happens in those 10 years alone. So going back into, into this competition, I, I don't think I had the same, like, I, I don't have shit to prove. <laughs> baby, baby, I'm almost 50. I have nothing to prove to anybody. If I don't, if I, if I can't, you know, I, I, I am who I am and I love who I am and that's where I'm at. So I love that. I feel like that's why the all winter season's interesting to me, at least, yeah. where it was like, everyone's already won. So like, yeah, we to be the winner of the winners. Like who cares? Yeah. It's just, I mean, for me, I'm just excited to watch because as some of my favorite Queens on there. Yeah. 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 There was a, a fabulous group of girls. I had no idea what to expect going into it, thinking that, you know, it was going to be the same drama and like mm-hmm. back and forth that I had in 2011. And here I am with people who are my actual like like I consider my actual colleagues, mm-hmm. and um and and they were in a place of of high respect to me, which I didn't expect. I was like I was ready to you know to to to, to do the to do the game and and be ready for a fight. But as I felt like as soon as I got there, that everyone just gave me mad respect. They're like, oh my god, Raja, we well, grew up watching you. We were in we were in high school when you were on TV. We were in college when you were on TV. And I, I, that part blew my mind. And, and that was from the get go. I, I mean, I used to watch Drag Race on LogoTV.com <laughs> on my Dell computer. <laughs> That's back when it came on Mondays uh-huh. and I would wait till Tuesdays to watch it. Yeah. And yeah, I loved watching you. I thought everything you did was just like so like, I don't know, chic and inventive. Like I remember one of my favorite looks was the the cake looks where you mm-hmm. you had chocolate and that was just like, mm. Oh, delicious and iconic. That was such a fun season because that was like Shangela, who'd been in drag maybe twice, was on the show. <laughs> and Carmen Carrera. Yeah. Um, uh, Manila. Yeah, that was. Oh, and then um, Alexis Mateo. Oh, yeah. And then Yara yeah. Sophia. Yeah, that's it's such a good season. <laughs> I have I had fond memories of it. And um, but getting to do it again, I never thought could happen because it was never an option for people who are winners until we saw Bibi Zahara mm-hmm. Benet come back and we were like, oh, maybe maybe our chance is coming too. Like, okay, okay. And so I've always kind of just gotten myself mentally prepared for it, but never actually realized that, that it would actually be a thing. And so 
getting to do it was was absolutely fun and it was just fun to just kind of like be myself in it and not have this like sense of anxiety uh because of a competition i was just like you know what they get what they get (laughs) (laughs) i love that (laughs) you get what you fucking get and it's gonna be gorgeous and that's it (laughs) what a treat i fucking love this so wait raja how did you get into drag Gosh, I'd say I'd say drag started like as a toddler. You know, didn't your oh. didn't your drag start as a toddler? I mean, yes. Yeah. One of my like first distinct memories is being in the hallway of our upstairs in little underwear and a little undershirt singing karaoke to a uh, private dancer which i which, love tina that's turner my growing favorite up. fucking karaoke i just performed it at heart the other night uh in oh, WeHo. Yeah? it's my favorite song to do oh. let me loosen up your collars Ooh. tell me do you wanna <laughs> see me do the shammy again? I love it. I love it. It's such a good song. Uh And when I was little, I like didn't really understand. I was like, okay, so she's like charging her friends for like, I don't know, private dance. Like, what is that? Like, she's just like dancing for her friends, but charging them seems weird. Yeah. And then it clicked when I became an adult. I was like, oh, there's a champagne room. She'd be a stripper. I'm older than you are. And I remember um, at uh, playing in PE around like fifth grade. And in order for me to get through the dodgeball game, which was traumatic on its own, I remember singing like <laughs> a virgin to myself, not even knowing what a virgin was. Yeah, that's how old I am. Because <laughs> so it was still on the radio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, you grew up in LA? Yes. Yes. I am an anomaly here in Southern California. I'm a native. I love Uh, Born in La Puente, Baldwin Park, California. Um, Spent part of my formative childhood years in Indonesia, which is where where my family is from. Um, Mm -hmm. And then returned back to Baldwin Park in 1984. Hence the like a virgin at dodgeball. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, and then just sort of stayed. uh, I'm, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I'm from a, I'm from the hood. I'm from La Puente. (laughs) (laughs) what about you where are you from i'm from new jersey Mm. i'm from lingcroft new jersey which is in like a bigger town called middletown um not exciting i went back recently and i was like god damn it's fucking boring here (laughs) so like truly just trees and houses and boring yeah 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 i've been to jersey with the trees houses Mm, and boring yeah it's fine. Pretty. It's like, I don't, I do, it's pretty. Mm-hmm. I do think it's pretty, but like to live there, I don't know. Like I have a couple people from high school that I know who stayed in town and became teachers at our high school. And I was like, how <laughs> is that fun for you? I know. Like, oh, that sounds dreadful. Devastating to me to think about. <laughs> What's your sign? Ooh, she's a Virgo. And my <gasps> rising sign is Virgo. What are you? You're a, like a double Virgo? Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means, though. That means your house is tidy as fuck, probably. Sure isn't. She's it's got not, ADHD. Oh, There's oh, I, unfinished projects everywhere. I have, an, I have another Virgo friend who's like that, too, who's like a total mess. But, like, but, but she knows exactly where everything is at. Yes. Yeah. And don't touch it. Don't leave it alone. Yes. That's yours. Yes. I <laughs> yesterday got in a fight with a friend because they wanted a blanket while we were watching a movie. We watched this movie called um, Seeing Red. It is so fucking fantastic. It's a Pixar movie. I recommend it. Mm. It's um, it's about a Chinese family and it's like very, very Chinese. And I was like, yeah, more representation in cartoons for kids, whatever. But they took a 
a blanket out of my guest bedroom and I was like, no, that <laughs> it belongs in the guest bed. You can't move. Thing. No, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. And they were like, what do you mean? And I was like, it just doesn't make sense that it's out here and I need to move it back. Yes. I have, <laughs> I have Virgo women in my life. My mom and my little sister are Virgos. Um, Virgo is definitely a presence in my life for sure. So I get it. And, and there are two types. There are really two types. There's the ones that like keep everything quite pristine. And then there's the, the mm-hmm. ones like, yeah, I, I get it. Who are just sloppy, <laughs> sloppy messes. What are you? Are you like into horoscopes and signs? I am. I'm a Gemini and my, oh, yes. my moon is in Aries. And so that means that there, what does that mean? there's an Aries moon going on right now. That means that there's a little bit more like uh, fire and, and uh, a little bit more like roar to me. Mm, okay. I'm also a year of the tiger, which right now is the year of the tiger. So I, I can I, I can be a little bit fiery and have a, a touch of temper. Uh, and, and Gemini's really kind of have that anyway. But mine is just a little bit more extra when when it when it when it's provoked. It's a, it's a, okay. yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm into well, it. fiery. All right. All right. Okay, we got I that. like All right. that. <laughs> <laughs> when you moved back from Indonesia, mm-hmm. did you feel like an American coming home? I mean, you were a kid or did you feel like someone who was like from Indonesia? Cause you're, it was like formative years. You were six when you moved back three, when you moved there. I was, no. I was three when I moved there and about nine when I came back. Um, yeah. And I knew that I was American because at home, when we lived in Indonesia, my mother refused to speak to us in Indonesian, although that was what the, that's the language that we had at school. That was a language Mm -hmm. that we had everywhere else. But my mom always wanted us to, to keep speaking English, to learn how to spell in words in Mm -hmm. English and, uh, to kind of always keep that. So I always knew that there was a, a, you know, my, my, my foot was always in another sort of, uh, uh, not a, not ethnicity, but nationality. Mm-hmm. So, but but when I came to the U.S., I did remember being quite uh, p- feeling very like, where am I? Who am I? What is going on? I mm-hmm. did I did feel a little bit like an outsider, and I'm not even sure if that was just because the fact that I grew up in another country, or the fact that I grew up in another, another country, and I was also descri- discovering that I was gay. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. a, like a little queer kid. But yeah, I think uh no, I do I I do remember feeling a little bit like an outsider, for sure, always. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I didn't move to another country, but I always felt very different than like the other kids. I'd be like, "Oh god, you're all so boring." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I'm different than you people. Yeah, I think I even felt that uh, when I was living in Indonesia, but especially being from another country kind of magnified it a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I I never felt like I wasn't ready for it. Like I just always knew that something about me was always quite different and I was just going to have to deal with it and figure it out, you know? Mm-hmm. So growing up, were you openly gay as a teen? Were you dating? Not dating, but definitely flamboyant. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely had outfits. I remember going into like my Spanish class, <laughs> like second period, and my Spanish teacher was like, you know what, Sutan, I just really love it when you come to class because every day you have a different costume. And that was the kid that I was, you know, like ninth grade, 10th grade, always had a different look, a different like thing. I just really had to make my presence known in the school as I'm not like you. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even, I don't even own, I, I don't even own one high school yearbook. 
Not really? one. Because as soon as I walked in, day one, 1989, as soon as I walked in as a freshman, I walked in, I looked around where at, at the environment that I was in. I was like, nope, nope. <laughs> We, I got to get through this. I've got to get through this. There's four years of this. I'm going to get through this. I don't own one high school yearbook. What a treat. That's so funny. <laughs> I have friends from high school who have to send me pictures from the yearbook. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, and remind me. Oh, that's so funny. To just be like, I have to be here. I don't want to be. And <laughs> this isn't for me. Thank no. you. Thank you so much. But this isn't it. Yeah, I'll do what I have to do. And uh but bye, you guys. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> did you go to college at all or no? I did. I went to Cal State Fullerton, uh, the most boring commuter uh, university <laughs> in Orange County. My sister went there before me. And so it just I, I had no, you know, I really wanted to go to fashion school. But the next best mm-hmm. thing and because I was a minority, I, I was given, um, you know, grants and such to go. And so I was like, all right, I'll just be an art student at the University of California <laughs> Fullerton. <laughs> I love it. I truly love that you were like not about school. I'm not about school either. I was like, everybody here is boring and I'm not here for it. I don't want to learn. I came to make friends and I'm like, you can't make friends. You have to like take tests. And it's like, I don't want this. I don't know how two and a half years of college I never went to any of the classes. <laughs> I'm so old. I remember because uh, No Doubt is a band from Orange County. You know, mm-hmm. I remember seeing them. They, there was like an outdoor amphitheater that would happen at lunchtime and bands would come and play and no doubt played for free. And like literally, I really? yeah, literally I sat there and ate, you know, the, the uh, 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 subway sandwich with my friends, smoked a joint and watched no doubt at lunchtime and then went to class. How wild. Yeah. How truly wild. That's so funny. There's videos of it on YouTube, I think, of them performing specifically at Cal State Fullerton <laughs> at the same, same like, yeah. Then they just like blow the fuck up. Yeah. And you're like, I saw them win. But that was it. That was my entire college experience. It was just me. And then in the evenings and especially on the weekends, we would go to clubs. Mm-hmm. Never go to class. It was my first time away from home and I just fucking partied and had a great time. I mean, I went to school in New York it was a conservatory, so we didn't have to, nothing really took brain power except for memorizing lines. Uh, so, like, we would just go out, we partied, we would go to bars, we had fake IDs that we got in Times Square, and <laughs> <laughs> I had the time of my life, but it's like, did I learn a thing? I That's to be, that's to be debated. I yeah. don't actually know. I never, I don't think I learned anything academically in college. Not much. I think only a small percentage of it. The rest of it was, um, I think I sucked a dick for the first time. <laughs> I remember smoking weed for the first time because I was such a good kid mm-hmm. in high school. And I ate an entire like bag of French bread rolls with mustard. And I was like, why am I so hungry and giggling? <laughs> you know, these are the things that I learned in college. So... I kissed uh, my I, I had uh, my first boy kiss and my first girl kiss mm-hmm. happened in college. It happened at the on the same night at the same time. I love it. Yeah, we were having a make out three way, and it was the first girl I'd ever kissed and the same boy I'd ever kissed. It happened at once. <laughs> See, thank God for college. I mean, yeah, thank God for college. I <laughs> I'm trying to. I don't remember my first kiss. I think it was in high school though, but I do remember the first time I like 
like gave someone a hand job and that was in college. And I was like, interesting. Uh-huh. This is a very interesting thing, a hand job. <laughs> <laughs> were you hot for it or were you just like mechanical about it? You're like, I'm gonna pretty mechanical because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't this is foreign to me, this jerking motion. And he was like uncircumcised, <laughs> so like you Ooh. know, or no, no, he was circumcised. So it's like there was no like lube. And right. then he was like, spit in your hand. And I was like, spit in my hand? <laughs> Seems rude. I don't know about that. Like it was just a lot. It was very foreign to me. Yeah. And then the first time I jerked off a uncircumcised penis, I was like, oh, this is nice because it has a little pockety thing that makes it so much easier. Yeah, totally. And and cut to now, years later, you in 2022 as soon as your palm opens, you spit into it just because you can't help it. Absolutely. Habitual. I wake up in the morning, I say good morning, I spit in my hand, and I say, where's the dick? <laughs> Give it to me. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> so wait, okay, tell me about like your first relationship. Mm, I, was just, I was just talking about that with my boyfriend this morning because my sisters and I are very close, and I remember... My older sister, Rohana, her and I had a real bonding moment around that time, around like early Mm -hmm. college. And I met a boy who uh, told me he was bisexual and I was so into him just because he was Mm -hmm. into me for like, you know, a day or whatever. And I was just (laughs) so like big hearts in my eyes. And then he broke my heart. And that was the first time I really sort of came out to my sister because I came home from college and that evening I told her that this boy had broken my heart. And she's like, oh, my God, you're gay. And I was like, yes. Ah, oh, yeah. Uh, 1993. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, but it, I, I after that, I think I kind of spent so much time not focusing on relationships. And I don't think it actually happened until my mid-20s or even late 20s where I got into having relationships because I didn't really feel as a drag queen, as a femme, as whatever you wanted to call it at that time, that I deserved relationships. So instead I focused on other things. I focused on creative Mm -hmm. things. I focused on drag. I focused on makeup. I focused on art and uh, trying to try to find a lot of distractions on it. But mostly I I went through a lot of heartbreak at the beginning, you know, Mm. How old are you? Oh, she knows. <laughs> She's been single for so long, so yeah. she knows. Um, real quick, we have to take a break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash date me today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash date me. 
Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho! <laughs> without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. And oh, we're back. Okay, so tell me, was did you get into makeup first because you were the head makeup artist on America's Next Top Model, or mm-hmm. did you get into drag first, or was it kind of like a blending of the two? Tell me, tell me about this. Blending of the two for sure. I was doing drag. I, you know, like I said in college, I would go to clubs, mm-hmm. and so um, at around age nineteen, I had gotten very fed up with school, and I learned about a new makeup company, very chic, very cool, called Mac Cosmetics, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and it was an iconic brand, uh, especially at that time. And doing drag, I couldn't afford it. And I remember one of the first uh, eyeshadows I ever stole or owned from Mac. <laughs> <laughs> that I stole was mystery eyeshadow and a number uh, sixteen brush. So I would draw my eyebrows in with the with the stolen tester and a stolen tester brush for about a year <laughs> until I finally got a job with the company and eventually worked with them for ten years. So I was in the very very early stages of Mac Cosmetics as a company. Uh, RuPaul was the Mac girl at the time when I started mm-hmm. with the company that Viva Glam, the Viva Glam campaign. Um, so yeah, I was, I was there and it was, it was magical. It was fun. And that it was the reason why I left college because that, you know, it was my first job and I was making $12 mm-hmm. and 50 cents an hour, which was unheard of in 1994, you know, I mean, at a cosmetic counter for a gay yeah, baby. That is, that is a money. Cause in 2000, Eight. Mm-hmm. I was working at Lane Bryant in New York City. Was making seven dollars and fifty cents. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm. So yeah, I was making <laughs> a lot of money. Eventually, they kicked me out of the company after ten years. I was making way too much money, and they were like, "You know what? You're lazy." And yes, we realize that your, uh, you know, your wardrobe is to be all black, but black rubber flip flops. <laughs> and and a crusty cocaine nose is not part of the look. So please leave. Please just leave. <laughs> and for that reason, uh, we're out. Um, I mean, sometimes you just have too much fun to like have a job. <laughs> I was in my twenties. You know, it's like I was having fun. I was yeah. Yeah, I once called out of work. 
um, I can't remember where I was the night before, but absolutely shit faced. Woke up maybe an hour after I was supposed to be at work, called my job <laughs> and Lisa, my manager at the time answered the phone. She was like, Nicole. Cause I was like, huh? She was like, Nicole. I was like, yeah, um, I can't come in today. She said, why? And I said, Oh, um, <laughs> I hurt. I hurt so much right now. She said, excuse me. And I said, I hurt so much right now. And she said, you're calling out of work to say you hurt so much right now. Nicole, goodbye. And she hung up on me. And then Fired. <laughs> the next day I got to work, I was like, sorry, Lisa, I was really hungover. And your why really threw me off. And I couldn't come up with anything. <laughs> and you still kept the job. Oh, I I stayed there for oh, like too long. I thought I was going to be a regional manager of Lane Bryant. And, you know, I'm glad I was as messy as I was yeah, because same, they couldn't same. sustain me and I couldn't sustain the job. I have no regrets. I have no regrets. I had I had really I had done already had herses by that time. After ten years and I was still in my twenties, I was like, mm -hmm. I gotta go. I gotta see the world. I wanna. Yeah. I was working with so closely with makeup artists who were part of the huge, huge freelance culture of the late 2000s, or sorry, early 2000s and late 90s. People like Billy mm -hmm. B and you know. Uh, Sam Fine, and you know those are the people that I would be, that I was you know, who are my customers that I was selling makeup to, and I'm like, I want a piece of that life. I got to get out of here, mm -hmm. and I'm just gonna do what I'm. I'm just gonna have them fire me before I quit because there's I don't have any options. If you fire me, then at least I can collect unemployment, and mm -hmm. I had no other options. And 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 sure enough, they let me go. I was the first. They were trying to get rid of everybody, and in, in, um at that from that time. Because we were all old school mackerels when we were told that we could have terrible attitudes to our customers. So they were, the <laughs> Estee Lauder Corporation was getting rid of all of us, and I was the first to go in my store. Wait, that is so funny that they're like, I don't know, you can act however the fuck you want to customers. And you're like, great, I'll be as rude as I want to be. It was. like, okay, sorry, Raja, you, you have it to was. leave. It was. It was. In the early 90s, like, the, we weren't forced to sell any products to people. We were like, you know what? Get what you want. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Oh really? You got your you, you your kids are a soccer game. Go fuck yourself. Leave us alone. <laughs> and then we'd preen in a mirror for like eight hours. Honestly, my wish that culture would come back. I don't like when people are like, "What can I get for you? Do you need help?" No, I don't need help. Get the fuck away from yeah. me. Um. So, how far after getting fired did you start working for America's Next Top Model? It wasn't long. It wasn't long. I I. I'd done some freelance after I left Mac, which, you know, was a huge blessing because it allowed me this freedom to really sort of explore and, and get to live out my dreams. And I had worked, um, or I'd uh, become friends with Matthew Anderson, who was RuPaul's mm -hmm. makeup artist. And, um, I met RuPaul or I, sorry, I met Matthew through RuPaul because at the time Ru wasn't really doing much. He didn't have drag mm -hmm. race. It was a sort of, you know, hiatus period where he was trying to figure stuff out and he had moved to LA. And so Ru would religiously go to every single drag show that was in town and became very familiar with a lot of the people who, uh, a lot of the Queens that worked in town. And there was a show mm -hmm. that I worked at at a club called peanuts, which no longer exists, but, it was mostly a trans review where all the girls, mm -hmm. all the beautiful trans girls would perform. And I was the only non-transitioning queen mm -hmm. that was working there with the girls alongside hand in hand. 
And Rue was always an audience member on Mondays and Fridays. She would rarely tip. She would just sit at the DJ booth. <laughs> And she would cheer us on real loud. And when the show was done, she would come to the dressing room, say hello to all of us, take pictures, and then skedaddle. Mm -hmm. And so one night, she brought Matthew Anderson, who I had idolized as a club kid and as a as a uh, nightlife personality in the 90s. I had a picture of Matthew Anderson and Zaldi. You know Zaldi, Rue's mm -hmm. designer? Yeah, Matthew and Zaldi yeah. were a pair at the time. And I had a photo of them from a magazine that I had torn out in my folder in high school. So mm -hmm. when Rue, well, first of all, meeting Rue was a big deal. Then meeting Matthew at the same time really, really was 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 wild for me because these are people that I had admired. And so mm -hmm. Matthew just called me one day after, oh, I, I got to do documentary. Fuck this. This this is not, <laughs> a documentary is going to happen. Um, so I uh, Rue had been at the club one night and she's like, hey, I heard you do makeup. You know, and I was doing stuff for World of Wonder for like $75 a day. I would like groom whatever people they were interviewing. You know, I was I was a broke makeup artist. And mm -hmm. so Rue invited me one night. She's like, hey, I'm doing this mu music video for a song called How Do I Look? Would you like to come and do makeup on one of the extras that's in it, who's a who was a mutual friend of ours, Kiwi, rest in peace, um, who was playing a character in the video? And I was like, absolutely. She's like, I got $75 for you. You want to come? I was like, mm -hmm. absolutely. So I yep. went, I got Kiwi ready, made sure she was beautiful in it. And then Matthew was on set and we were having a cigarette at lunch. And I was like, oh my God, hey, Matthew, how are you? What are you up to? He's like, I'm working on a show called America's Next Top Model. I'm like, no shit. I watch that show all mm -hmm. the time. And then a week or two after, he called me to become his assistant. To, to be his assistant on America's Next Top Model. And that's how it all, you know, we are in the mm -hmm. right place yeah. at the right time. I think we, I think with the lesson, what I'm trying to say out of all this is that I think we just need to trust the, the place that we are at in our lives. Don't you think? Wouldn't you say that for yourself? Absolutely. If I hadn't been fired slash quit from Lane Bryant, I wouldn't have then become like a waitress and then found improv and then... I found improv and then improv snowballed into other stuff. And then I was like, Oh, acting. Yeah. So absolutely. Like being at the right place at the right time. And just like not trying to force things sometimes right. I think is super fucking useful. Just I like think so. going with the flow sometimes. Yeah. I, I, um, you know, I walk around with my hands open to the sky. I don't spit in them like you do. Um, but I open. <laughs> well, I have to keep them lubricated. What if I find a dick I want to play with? <laughs> Seriously. But sometimes I, you know, I'm just so <laughs> thankful for the place that I'm at. I had no clue that it was going to happen this way. And I'm still ready for whatever's happening next. You know, I'm not, I'm not done. It's like, as long as you're like open to whatever's new and not, not focusing so much on what you think is going to happen. You mm -hmm. might, you might want to be open to what you think, what you don't think will happen. Mm -hmm. You know, who you think you're going to fall in love with, for instance. You don't know. You think you have a type and you think that's what you're going to end up with. And it could go an entirely other direction. And that surprise is the most beautiful fucking thing about life. Isn't it? I think so. Wait, I just want to talk about Matthew Anderson for like a hot second. Oh my I'm God. such a fan of, of Matthew's because like... I just, the work that Matthew has done is so incredibly just like beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Matthew mixes a lot of like hard lines with soft lines mm -hmm. and then kind of like mm -hmm. marries it together in this like beautiful way. I love makeup. I'm not 
uh, I do mine fine, but like I can't figure out eyeshadow. That's so hard for me. Are you a painter? Are you do you paint or draw or? No, I do like to doodle, but I'm not like I'm I'm not an artiste. I'm just saying because whatever that description was was absolutely correct, and I'm like this this could only come from the mind of somebody who actually appreciates art or notices. I do like art, and I do appreciate like. Well, like I, I host the show called Nailed It, and people are always my, like, oh, "By the it's way, so my favorite, <laughs> love it." I, you know, Gemini's uh, Gemini's watch things. You. Yeah, we watch things over and over again. Like I can have, I can watch movies like ten times in a row in a day, and I have watched every episode of Nailed It like <laughs> over and over. I'm a stoner, you know. I just, I love to watch food. I love what, to watch people mess up. Uh, and you're crazy it's so as funny hell. That the like the Venn diagram of the show is like kids and stoners, and that to me is like so funny. It's kind of like SpongeBob, and I'm like mm, very proud to be a part of it. I am both. But, like people are always like, you don't make fun of people. And I'm like, no, because I could you could find the beauty in any sort of mess, in any sort of disaster. There's something like really pretty. To me, there's something really poetic about someone trying very, very hard, and that's the best that they can do. <laughs> so it's like I can always find something, like, I don't know, soft in it. I don't know. I Yeah, I just like to look at things and, like, really just, like, take it in. Has there been, ever been any moments where you've actually had to taste it and you're like, oh, wow, this is, this is disgusting? Yeah, there's been... I think three things that I've eaten where I was like, you know, they pay me, but is it worth it? Once was this man had put salt in his cupcake instead of sugar and all of the moisture from my body left. And I was like, am I dying? And I like truly looked around because I was like, I don't think I'm okay. I don't, because it was a cupcake, but then the taste didn't match what we were looking at. (laughs) And then Jacques was just like, it's salt. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm not dying and I'm not going crazy. But like, that was one of the wildest moments. And then there was these- Jacques is a French guy, right? Yes. Oh my God, big crush. He's been here for a minute, but like, I love his accent. He's so wonderful. Yeah. Christian on America's Next Top Model, who was the hairstylist, he was also French, mm-hmm. and I, I, I used to, I used to believe that he was faking it. I was like, you, you, because everything he, he would say ridiculous things, and it just sounded cooler in French. And I'm like, you're faking it because you're literally dumb, but you know how to do a French accent. <laughs> I mean, I love an accent. I Me love. Too. A French accent. I love. I like an Irish accent. Like that's fun for me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I just I'm like starting, it. I'm starting to um, find love in American accents as well because there's a lot. There's so many, and I think we uh, tend to not really like think about it. Like <sighs> the one I don't love is a Midwestern accent. That's not for me. That's funny. Yeah, that's weird. I, I I'll always love a good Southern drawl, especially somewhere around Louisiana. Like New Orleans, Ooh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the boys that be that be having that accent, like get me going, real, yeah, <laughs> juicy. Well, that's like almost. I think like a like a Cajun accent is. I think a little so, French, mm-hmm. a little French in there. So I think you like. I think you like a little French. Maybe I don't know. I love accents. I love them all. I love going to. You know, I just love England because of the accents. Mm-hmm. So sexy. I've. Never been to England. I really want to go. I hear the crowds there are just great. You must go. Are you kidding me? I know. I got to do it. I got to. I got to get on a plane. You don't like going on planes? Is that the problem? No. Um. I'll go on a plane. I don't mind. I just, I needed a break from traveling because I'd been touring since, oh my God, 
I moved here in 2012. Mm -hmm. I had been touring pretty uninterrupted from 2013 to 2020. Mm -hmm. And it was like 2019 was every single weekend I was on the road Mm -hmm. and I just got really burnt out. Yeah. And there was like a couple weekends where people just kept screaming things during the set. And I knew they were screaming things because they like me. I'd be like, nailed it. And I like punchlines. I'd be like, I know I nailed it. That's what a punchline is. And I was just getting like (laughs) exasperated. And I needed to like find the joy in doing stand up again. And I found that last year. I was like, no, no. Okay. I'm back. back. I love it. Um, So I think I'm ready to travel again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, you. I'm sure you have a huge fan base in England that would love to see you. You can probably fill up a room of thousands. I think so. I should just do it. I should just go. Yeah, don't be a lazy ass. You got to get to work. <laughs> what did Kim Kardashian say? Girls just don't work enough. She said, nobody wants to work anymore. <laughs> just like, get off your fucking ass and work. Bark. I... <laughs> I think it's so funny that she said that because I was like, (laughs) girl, you gotta, you have to understand the optics of what you said. A rich woman who started off with money. You gotta understand. Yeah. (laughs) It's so funny to me. But also it's like you working hard, you know, she's kind of right. Yeah. She's kind of right. I mean, that's kind of true, but, but coming from her, shut up, bitch. Yeah. You bitch, you gotta (laughs) shut up. I saw her once and her butt is so curious to me. Have you ever seen her in person? Okay, the only time I've ever seen um, Kim Kardashian in, per- in person was at the Heatherette Fashion Show in 2007 in New York City. 2007. Mm, okay. So I saw a very early version of her, and everyone was like, who the fuck is that on the runway? Nobody gives a fuck about this girl. Why is she there? You know? That was the only time I had ever been in the same room with her. Honestly, you've lived a life that I've wanted to live. I loved Heatherette. I had a Heatherette shirt that was too small for me, and I would just squeeze my body into it because I was like, the aesthetic is what I want. Oh, shit. Wait, I lie. I lie. I totally lie. One more time there was one other time uh on the tyra bank show they were guests <laughs> oh. the kardashian family kim i believe kim was there kim chloe mm-hmm. and what's the other one and the mom chris uh, and yeah yes they were guests on the ty- oh, courtney courtney they were guests on the tyra bank show and i shared an elevator with them and i had no fucking clue who they were <laughs> that's how long ago this was i was like why are these people on guests on the show I could care less. And we were in the same elevator going down to the street at uh, the studios in Chelsea. So that's my. It's so funny. Yeah. Pre-ass. Pre-ass. So I saw her post-ass at the MTV uh, Video Music Awards like years and years ago when I was working it. And she like rounded a corner and I was like, wow, tinier than I thought. Also, that butt. How dare you say that's natural? That can't be. Yeah. I mean, the closest thing I've ever had to that sort of butt, uh, and I'm probably spilling tea, but I worked with um, Iggy Azalea mm-hmm. a few years ago, and she's got one of those butts. Mm-hmm. And I'd never seen one really up close uh, in that way. They're I do. I do remember- Rather wild. Yeah. I was on tour with Iggy, and- Oh my god! Am I gonna get in trouble for saying? I don't give a fuck. She she doesn't have my phone number. Um, 
<laughs> so she, uh, uh, we were going to Atlanta and I was, and we were talking about getting butt injections and I was like, oh my God, I'm like, I would love to just get a little pumped in my butt, you know, just a little bit. I'm Asian, mm -hmm. so I've never really had an ass as a feature. So I'm like, maybe just a <laughs> little. And she's like, oh, really? She's like, well, we're going to Atlanta. And she's like, it'll cost you about like, you know, you know, $3,500 for a session. I was like, $3,500? I was like, well... If I get if if thirty five hundred dollars gets me that ass, can I just get somewhere around five hundred dollars? Because I really don't need all thirty five hundred. <laughs> Wait, that is like kind of cheap. Uh, maybe it was more. Maybe maybe it was six thousand dollars, and I was like, well, can I get thirty five hundred dollars? I don't know how that joke goes, but I knew I needed less. I needed half. Just a little less. Just you know, half of whatever you got going on. Yeah. I saw her I think at the same award show mm -hmm. and I was or no it was a different shoot it was something for MTV I don't know but I was like boy oh boy yeah a lot's packed in there yeah it looked hers I think looked better than Kim's Kim is very tiny to have all that ass but you know to each their, their own. own I am not here whatever to whatever makes you happy yeah I've loved Amanda Lepore since I was a teen and body Love. body modification you know I've been pierced I'm tattooed so what's the mm -hmm. fucking difference you know if you want to there is no difference mm -mm. and I think it's really interesting Amanda Lepore some of her photos that she's done with David LaChapelle are so incredible the way he makes her look like I know she's full of plastic, but like he makes her literally look plastic, yeah. and I shiny love it, glossy. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, I follow a couple ladies on uh, Instagram who are into they call it bimbification, oh, where it's like it. extreme modification. There's this one lady, uh, Alicia Amir, <laughs> that I've been trying to get on the podcast. What's her name? What's her name? Um, Alicia Amir. Okay, I'll find her. And she is um. Scandinavian maybe but like she in the last like couple years because I've been following her for a minute oh boy her lips have gotten so big <sighs> and stunning okay I found <laughs> okay this is her oh wow she is like and oh. I love her because she'll be like sorry about it to all my haters I don't have time to read your comments I'm busy sucking dicks and she's oh. like so funny about it her Instagram if you want to follow her it's Alicia underscore A-M-I-R-A-X and I'm it keeps obsessed. getting deleted which is devastating <laughs> to me but yeah she just went bigger this year so her wow. boobs are <laughs> they're so big and I just like I love it she's like it's it's my fetish it's what I'm into yeah. um, I want to look like a fuck doll and I'm a bimbo she's got bimbo tattooed to her neck I'm like literally obsessed with her and sometimes she'll post a before and after and you're like <gasps> it's rock wow. star it's, it's so beautiful you are a different person <laughs> love and then there's another one named mary magdalene Ooh. she has the world's fattest pussy and her <laughs> hips are so Stop big no. and her tits are so big no way Ugh. no way i know you i know love these women they make me so i like I, they bring me joy because I'm like, you're literally doing exactly what you want to do. World be damned. You don't even fucking give a fuck. Yeah. It's such a treat to it say. Could, it could kill them. And they're like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care, darling. Yeah, there's definitely a scene within the leather 
the leather world, you know, the leather community where the guys put mm-hmm. saline in their balls and dicks and yes. inflate them. And that to me is fascinating. I'm like, I'm very fascinated about it because it's like, um, aesthetically, I don't understand how it's pleasing to the eye, mm-hmm. but also, you know, not everything that's pleasing to my eye is pleasing to somebody else's eye. So yeah, it's just like very, very curious to me to make your balls so, so big. And then your dick just like yeah. as big and as round as your balls. It's so strange. It's just that the augmentation of it all. I think I'm just, I don't, I don't want to do it, you know, purposely. I think my body mm-hmm. at my age is just augmenting itself. I always, I have, I have tits now <laughs> and I didn't even mean to have it. So it's just called being in your forties and uh, not exercising as much as I should. <laughs> yeah, just getting old. Yeah, my augmentation's definitely just my knees now make noises when I walk. Oh God. Here's a question for you, Raja. <laughs> so you are in you're dating or you're married or engaged? Well, okay. It's complicated. I am <laughs> I'm involved. Let's just go there. That's a very okay. blanket term. Okay. It's a very blanket term. And and you know, there there's tears to literal tears and then you know tears layers to all of it okay but um uh i am currently dating someone very seriously for the last two years i have been oh that's so nice yeah i don't like talking about it because i find uh well i don't i don't talk about it very much because i find it to be a very sacred time Mm. So I think that people in social media and in the world that we live in today, I think overshare, which uh, mm-hmm. eventually jinxes the relationship. And I really like the privacy of it. I like my relationship now because we, when it's our time, it's our time. Mm-hmm. And he don't want nothing to do with <laughs> Raja the drag queen or... He gets it. He loves it. He's into it. But he has a very separate, mm-hmm. separate life. I feel very like RuPaul and Georgia's, you know, you know, her husband. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> he lives on a ranch and she lives on a lives in a ranch and she in lives like on a Utah soundstage. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is something to that. To yeah. like not you don't even have to be a famous person or like someone in the public eye. But like there is something to being like my relationship, the person I choose to spend my life with is a sacred thing that like people don't need to know about because they're not in the relationship. It's just us. Yeah. I've learned that. I learned that lesson and I've always admired and wanted to have that, that type of relationship from seeing Dolly Parton, you know, Dolly Parton Mm, and her Dolly Parton and her husband have been together for fucking ever. Like we don't know what he looks like, or at least I don't. You can look him up. It's in her documentary. She talks about him quite a bit. But she says, she's like, when we go on date night, she's like, I put on normal clothes and the two of us go through the uh, through the uh, Taco Bell drive-thru. And that makes <sighs> sense to me. And, I, and like literal mm-hmm. tears came into my eyes. I was like, oh my God, that's exactly what it should be. That's when you get to just take your wig off mm-hmm. and get yourself a crunch wrap. I do love me a Crunchwrap Supreme. Honestly, I might get one tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what I like long for. I long for like, okay, she's horny. She loves, she loves a dick, but she would like a forever dick. And I'd love to just, you know, toss off my rig, my rig, my, my rig, wig, take off my murder up <laughs> and then just have someone there who likes that. Yeah, that's, you know? that, that is the ideal relationship to me. And that's what, sort of where I'm at right now. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. bubbling. It's at the beginnings of it. And I'm, and suddenly I feel satisfied and okay with myself. I'm not having to 
pretend. I'm not having to uh, accommodate in a in in mm-hmm. some desperate way. Instead, it just sort of kind of happens naturally. And I think that's what relationships should be. I think we should have our own separate lives and then come together, you know, and be like, mm-hmm. "You're my boo. You're the you're my cuddle bud. You're the one that I want to stick it into." And that's it, Ugh. you know. And it's it's good for it's you know you take it day by day. You take it day by day. <sighs> Just day by day. Oh, dear, dear Lord, Lord, three things, things I, pray. I pray. To love you more <laughs> dearly day by day. Day by day. <laughs> <laughs> Godspell is one of my favorite fucking musicals. <laughs> I don't even know how I knew that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm totally not a show tunes queen. Oh, no. I love that you pulled that out then. Mm-hmm. Real quick, we have to take another break. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Shift gears in your wardrobe without a complete and expensive overhaul. Dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops and premium jeans, sweaters, outerwear, vacation fits, you name it. For just $98 a month, you get a choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. Fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. Plus, the option to buy what you love. I like Newly a lot because... Sometimes I don't want to like own a sparkly thing because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it more than once. Also, I have a ton of sparkly things and Newly is very good at like having a sparkly thing that I'll wear once and then I can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DATEME20. Just go to Newly.com, N-U-U. L-Y.com that's newly with two U's and enter the code DATEME20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code DATEME20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving, and I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. <laughs> 
So you host a podcast called Very That with Delta Work, yes. another icon. Mm-hmm. I love Delta. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I've only... I don't think I've ever met her or maybe I met her once in Long Beach, but she's delightful to watch perform. Yeah. Um, did you know Delta before Drag Race yes. or did your friendship blossom? Oh, okay. Yes. We were already friends for many, many years before Drag Race. And so it was a bonding experience because it's like going to summer camp together and, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, but Delta and I, uh, you know, she's one of those people who just, you know, who gets it? Who gets it? She gets me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get each other. Uh, we are complete opposites in so many ways. Uh, we disagree and we agree and we, <laughs> you know, we're we just kiki. We're back and forth. And um, I love doing this podcast with her because at least once a week we have an appointment with each other where we get to check in. So it becomes a little bit therapeutic in some sense, and we just kind of talk it out on on microphones and let the world hear. I love that. That's so sweet. And I get really stoned like I am now. And I drink wine like (laughs) I am now. And, you know, we just talk about stuff. I wish I was a functional stoner. I am not. Oh. I... I can't smoke and then like do things. I tried really hard during the pandemic. I think I told this story before, but I smoked some weed, went and dropped off a cheesecake at my friend's house, was very awkward with her. And she she said she didn't notice it. But then um, I went to Home Depot and I was like, okay, hi, um, I need paint for my kitchen. And the lady (laughs) said, what color? And I said, blue. And she said, what color blue? And I said, oh, the blue in my kitchen. And she I've never seen someone get angrier with somebody. <laughs> she, she was like, I don't know the color of your kitchen. I don't know the blue. How about you take these samples and you go look in your kitchen I don't know your and life. you come back when you know the color. <laughs> so mean. And that was the day I was like, oh, I guess that's not for me. Yeah. Well, if we got stoned together, we would be indoors. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have you like cuddled up on my couch and I'd throw a lot of blankies on you. Um, something would be <laughs> cooking in the kitchen and snacks would be happening all day. We would watch movies. We would listen to music. We would write together. Ooh. Um, we would cry together because I like crying. Maybe, okay. through, maybe through a movie or a song. But it would not be, I wouldn't let you leave the house. We would, I would, <laughs> I would contain you in a pile of blankets and we would just be comfy and, okay. and eating and writing and creating. Okay, that feels very safe. Um, yeah, each time I've tried to like function while I've smoked weed, I've been like, all right, let's go out into the world. Um, but I do like to eat half of a, my little edibles before like a party that I'm not sure I want to go oh, to. absolutely. I'll be like, okay. And then I'm just like kind of stony and like giggly and like happy to be there. Yeah. But lately, lately, she's been loving um, mushroom chocolate. Baby. I eat like half a square Baby. and then it's just like everyone is really nice and magic <laughs> isn't it all like the, all the colors are slightly enhanced yes. and you're not so worried about shit you're just like whatever no i'm just gonna giggle yeah i love i i don't understand my mushrooms aren't legal and why we don't tell people that like honestly if you just take a little bit mm-hmm. it's nice and things are just magical i have a friend who microdoses mm-hmm. so he takes every um, day. Yeah, every day he takes like I think one or two capsules of crushed up um uh mushrooms or maybe it's not every day. I think it's like every th- he takes it for 3 days off a day, 3 days off a day. And he was like, "Yeah, I just my mood has been improved. I'm happier and um yeah, I think there's something to mushrooms and you mm-hmm. know, it's 
It's from the earth. Yeah, I I love anything that grows from the earth for sure. What's ironic is speaking of like earlier we were talking about Indonesia and Bali. When you go to Bali, you're not allowed to smoke any pot. You can actually get imprisoned for life there. Oh, uh, there have been there have been films about it, documentaries. There's one called Ganja Queen about this Australian girl who smuggled uh, pot into Bali and was imprisoned for life. But on the other hand, you can get mushrooms. You can actually go to a oh. cafe, and I remember um, when I was, uh, one of the last times I was in Bali, I was with, with a group, I was with the tour, I was with Adam Lambert, mm-hmm. and we went to this cafe and got ourselves milkshakes with mushrooms, and brought it with us on a, and we uh, hired this pirate ship that drove us, I mean, that uh, rode us around the, the bay, and we did mushrooms and got to dive into the ocean. They, they'll allow that, but they won't allow pot. Very interesting. That's really funny. Mm-hmm. That's so strange. I mean, I prefer mushrooms over weed any day. I so prefer like, mushrooms that's... and weed over meth anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I agree. Baby, cocaine? No, no more no more cocaine for me. I don't trust that stuff. Like, no, I'm done. I'm I'm too grown well, for it that. It gets cut with shit and mm-hmm. it's scary. It's very scary that like you don't know what you're actually getting. This is not Studio 54. This is No. No. No, it's no, not no. pure. No. And then you got what is it? Um ketamine. Kids love ketamine. Ooh, I do love ketamine. You do? Oh my god, I'm I haven't so, I'm, done it in maybe 10 years, but last time I did it I'm was a, a lot of fun. I must be a pussy. I just I I don't yeah, I don't touch it. Fair. I don't do much anymore. Now it's very much I sometimes smoke weed. Um I had a vape pen that I was using at night, but that hurt my little throat, so I got to switch back to edibles, I think. Um and then yeah, I really just love mushroom chocolate. <laughs> it's like I think it's a great it's idea. The best. It's a great idea. Do you drink? I do. I do drink. I like wine. Mm-hmm. I like tequila. Oh, same. And I do like whiskey. I love whiskey and I do like scotch. Yeah. Scotch. I like that smoky. Yeah. So a penicillin is like honey, like a like a honey kind of fucking liqueur thing. Uh uh uh, Lemon juice and scotch, and it's just ooh, it's so it's so good. Yeah, I always love honey whiskeys. You know when they have like I think there's Jack Daniel's honey. I think it's like very good. Some people knock it, and I I truly think it's delightful. (laughs) Do you like a pickleback? No, that's sick. That is so. <laughs> I'm just. I don't like pickles. I don't like pickle juice. I think it's ugh, not for me. Oh my god, I could drink it. Do you like a pickleback? I like a pickleback. Oh, I'm American. I'm American as fuck. I wish people love pickles. Um, I I went to. I was out of town last week and nothing was open, so I ended up at a Burger King drive-through. I was very mad about it because I am a queen, not a Burger King, and I got myself a little Whopper, and it was filled with fucking pickles. And I and I said no pickles, and they put so many pickles on that fucking burger. I was so upset. Oh, bless. My sister hates pickles too. So, Raja, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Pickles aside, <laughs> what advice do you have for me to find the love of my life? Oh, baby. I think you should just, <laughs> I think you should just trust it. Um, follow your heart. It's going to hurt. I, I moved to New York once for a boy that I fell in love with, and I have no regrets. It You know, we're not together anymore, but follow your heart. Just do it. 
it's gonna hurt maybe but really just let it happen isn't that what we've been talking about like about anything in our lives it's just kind of mm-hmm. letting it happen and it will happen okay do you really want it though do you want it i do okay. i want someone to love me but baby does it what uh, is there a specific gender that you're more attracted to or that you would i mean i lean more towards uh dick towards the gentleman but also i i refuse to be a person who's like just this so i'm very open to whomever as long as there's like a connection mm-hmm. and they're kind mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I mean, there has to be some sort of attraction. I don't want to be that person who's like, it doesn't matter what they look like. And it's like, no, no, there has to be some sort of like sexual attraction there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, uh, yeah, I just somewhat honestly, like at this point in time, I'm 36, 37, 42, I'm 97 years old. And I truly believe that like, I just, I want someone who's kind yeah, I think you're in environments with where there's a lot of people, especially a lot of people who work in a creative industry. And whenever whenever I'm on set, I'm always looking at the guys who are running the cameras and lights. And w- mm-hmm. let's not let's not forget about those boys because those boys are really They're all married. Oh, isn't that's part of yeah? Truly, every time I'm on a set, I'm like, <laughs> "Hello, camera boy," and he's like, "Oh, my wife loves you," and I'm like, "Well, oh, I'll walk into the river now." <laughs> <laughs> what, well, maybe what I mean is just, you know, be open to all the possibilities, babe. I think I think maybe the universe wants you to have this time right now. It, it, obviously, it's not there yet for you. So the universe mm-hmm. really, God wants you, she wants you to really just enjoy your time and really utilize all the talents that you have and the talents that people love and appreciate you for and focus on that. And you know what? The love part will happen. And it may not happen the way you think it will. That's what I've been trying to say from the beginning. It's not mm-hmm. always going to happen the way you expect it to be. It may not be somebody who's entirely your type or whatever, uh, whatever you know, things that you've set up for yourself. It may go completely opposite. And you should be open to that and be okay with it. And not, um, I think you should just trust yourself. I think you're already on such a tremendous direction that love will come when it's time for it to come. And it may not be what you think it is. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> but don't stop sucking dick, baby. I if, would never stop sucking yeah. dick. Sucking dick is one of my favorite things to do. That talent must be ready for the for the man that you actually <laughs> love. So, <laughs> oh, Raja, truly, you have such a calming presence <laughs> and like a serenity to you that is very envious. Oh my. It's truly a treat. Oh, well, watch Drag Race All-Stars. I think they they all have the same to say. So thank you for saying that. It is a compliment. I enjoy you. And I'm really, really looking forward to seeing all of your new projects that are coming up. I'm so proud of you. You are a delicious, buttery, sugary, uh, just, you know, cake of joy and loveliness. <laughs> and you're sickening and you're funny and you're smart. And you know what? I, I, you know, that, that date is still open. Come over. I'm going to put you in blankets, okay. get you stoned, and we'll write some shit together. Honestly, that sounds fucking delightful, and I will take <laughs> you up on it. Okay, Raja, thank you so much for being here. That's it. Oh, wait, do you want to promote anything else? Um, so do you know when um, the all-winter season is premiering? Allegedly mid-May, sometime around the 20th. So this, I think that's okay. when this is airing. It'll air on the same date. Okay. Ooh, perfect. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. If you're listening to this, go watch 
what is it just called the all winter season? It's called the Raja season. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that. Tune in to VH1 for the Raja season. <laughs> if you like this episode of Why Won't You Date Me, you can like it, you can rate it, you can subscribe, give me a five-star review on iTunes. If not iTunes, Apple Podcasts, I don't fucking know. And then if you want to hit on me by saying something nasty, you can email why won't you date me podcast at gmail.com. And this nice person said, Dear Nicole, I want to lick the inside of your ear and taste your earwax. I will like the taste of it. I know I will. Ew, kinky. Bye bye. <laughs> That's it for Why Won't You Date Me with me, Nicole Byer. Why Won't You Date Me is produced and engineered by. Oh, the sweetest woman I know, Marissa Melnick. It is executive produced by other wonderful people, Adam Sachs, Joanna Solotaroff, and Jeff Ross. Thanks for listening. I love you. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you next Friday with a brand new episode. What a treat. What a dream. <laughs> This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.